0: Everyone and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we've reached the penultimate episode of The Crown, entitled Hope Street, a title that's doing a little bit of double duty here. And if that's the case, perhaps we can call William a new hope. This episode featured some things we expected, like an on-screen death of the Queen Mother, and also some things that we did not expect, like the return of Mohammed Al-Fayed. Quite a bit for us to dive into on this one. Joining me as always are my two co-hosts. First, a man who knows how to work it. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, what is the key when strutting your stuff on the runway? Um,
1: having never attended a single fashion show in my entire life, <laughs> uh, I feel ill-equipped to answer this, but when the hell have you ever asked me a question that I was prepared for? Um, <laughs> the key to strutting it, um, I don't know, Sam. What do you think is the key to strutting it? I think just confidence. I was going to say that, but... <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> so why didn't you of... say it?
1: <laughs> I feel like I needed something more electric.
0: Anyway, <laughs> anyway. onward. <laughs> All right, also back with us today, a woman who may know a thing or two about the wacky backy. It's Carlin Greenwald. It's Carlin, have you ever had the pleasure of introducing slang words to your grandparents?
2: Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like I just don't want to be that person, you know? They know how to use their phones. Actually, they know how to use their phones more than my dad does, so they they can just look it up.
0: But are they using their phones for the right things, like looking up slang words? If you are not going to teach them, they might learn in a more unsafe environment. But then I
2: I don't use the slang words in front of them. Like You you speak differently to your grandparents, and I feel like you speak more. I guess we don't speak Queens English because we're in America. Um, I don't know what the equivalent would be, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't use slang words, and somehow I'm not the person they ask about that. They will um, tell me their opinions on AI. That's but, what they <laughs> asked me about. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't get asked about that kind of stuff.
0: And what do they tell? Wait, what do they tell you about AI? Uh,
2: they, they're saying it's like <laughs> they like read actual articles, and they're like, Carlin, what do you think of AI in the future? And I'm like, I, I'm an artist. It's bad. Like, I. <laughs> what do you want me to say about it? And then my other grandparents, uh, they they talk to me. About CPK, so.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) There you (laughs) go. Okay. But no conversation about the wacky-backy, the ganja. Oh,
2: oh God, no. I (laughs) I don't even talk to my parents about that.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, as always, uh, before we dive into the events that transpired in this episode, we like to just disclaim from the top that uh, we are not historians. We are not royal experts. We are are definitely not the people to be fact-checking anything That occurred here in this episode we are watching this with the intent to learn yeah we're just gonna kind of i guess take it from there so with that carlin could you please give us a quick recap of the crown episode 609 hope street
2: yeah so we actually begin with the return of muhammad al-fayed which like we said before was actually pretty surprising but he has basically been on a campaign for several years dealing out these theories that it was the royal family who deliberately sent out spies, like their own agents, to cause Diana and Dodie's death. Interestingly, he started to get a little bit of traction to the point where they're actually going to put out an inquiry into these matters, and it's sort of the first one that has been put out officially since her death. And meanwhile, (laughs) Elizabeth is stressed out about her, I believe it's a golden jubilee, which she is just like, I can see that my um, public perception isn't that good right now because of all these conspiracies and because she's getting older. And so she doesn't want it to be a big thing. But her advisors are like, no, we're going to go full steam ahead. We're going to just, you know, put out all the bells and whistles for you, as seems to always happen with uh, royal related things, despite the public. And then we move to William, who has learned that Kate Middleton is single again And not only that, but his roommate has tickets to a fashion show to get him in to sort of have a new reconnection between them. And William is a little hesitant because he learns that there are going to be newspaper reporters and he still feels like he can't do any normal college boy things like try to win back Kate Middleton at a fashion show. Sorry, William, but he gets to go anyway. And (laughs) we sort of get to flip between at first between William and Elizabeth, who then goes to talk to... A queen mother who is now bedridden, basically like trying to get her advice on what to do about the Jubilee and sort of knowing that she is on her last legs. She, Elizabeth, definitely expresses this sort of apprehension about being left alone after Margaret's death. Queen mother does pass away in this episode and William ends up learning it after he had immediately won back Kate Middleton at the fashion show and they had kind of declared themselves like boyfriend, girlfriend They kiss, and then he gets the news about Queen Mother, which, wow, look at that timing. Very unfortunate. And so then at Queen Mother's funeral, um, William and Harry are talking, and we learn that William is actually going to be part of this official inquiry into Diana's death because he was the last person to talk to her while she was still alive. And it's kind of clear that this isn't totally comfortable for William, but he's kind of like, I have to do it. And then we get a conversation with Tony Blair and Elizabeth, who they talk about the war, And then Tony Blair also mentions that if Elizabeth wants her Jubilee to go well, she ought to bring in William, who is obviously the new shiny crowds will come for him person. And Elizabeth is so apprehensive that she actually goes to talk to William about it, by which point William kind of talks about how he's just really not interested in the limelight. And she does a sort of very gracious thing where she says, like, you don't have to come to any of the most of the Jubilee activities because I want you to have somewhat of a normal life, especially in light of the fact that she learns that he's now dating Kate. And he she can kind of see parallels between her and Philip in their early days and William and Kate. We get the inquiry where very uh surprisingly we learn that there actually was evidence to I think we might have known this, but there actually was evidence to suggest that Diana was fearful of the fact that she thought she might have been um had a hit put out on her. And it's kind of actually rather dramatizing for William, who has to answer this questionnaire. It's bad news to dredge up a death like this. But the inquiry findings are published, and it is found that there was no foul play, which is very upsetting to Mohammed, who I think that has to leave the country. I wasn't sure why, but okay. Uh, yeah, so he has to leave the country. He's not happy about it. He spent a long time in the UK, and uh, his inquiry did not turn up with any findings that were of interest to him and so then back at the jubilee william at first is watching it on television with kate's family and there's a speech by elizabeth talking about duty and he realizes he does need to be there for his grandma so he rushes back just in time for the balcony where like They do look out on a very adoring crowd, and it all turned out fine in the end. And William and Kate agree to live in the same house at uni the next year, so their romance is still going strong.
0: Thanks, Carlin. Yeah, so I think let's start off with an RIP to the Queen Mother, who has somehow made it through 59 episodes of The Crown here. I think a little bit longer maybe than any of us would have predicted when we first started this journey. We had some predictions in the last episode about, uh, you know, how this would be depicted. I don't think any of us really thought that we would see it on screen, yet The Crown really made it more of a moment, not just, like, with her immediate death, but with, you know, afterwards, you know, reading the 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 verse. So, yeah, RIP to Queen Mother, whose character changed a lot <laughs> from, <laughs> from actress to actress. I think perhaps this most recent Queen Mother was... Uh, the most inconsistent of all of them. Um, But, you know, a fun character, I guess. Nonetheless, she provided us with a couple probably quick chuckles at best, but
2: yeah. I... I missed the Queen Mother from the really early seasons when, like, she had, like, a crisis of identity. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, then she kind of just became a little comic relief. But I actually, the scene where Elizabeth is first talking to her and, like, you think she died while Elizabeth was talking to her? I was like, it was kind of like a jump scare where you're like, oh, my God. But then she, <laughs> was, she wasn't dead yet, which I, I kind of appreciate that. I mean, they could have just killed her right there. Yeah. But... Oh wow, that that was actually a really that would that worked for me. You're like, oh man, this this old lady could croak at any second.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, age has a lot to do with it, and and aging. Uh, but I think Queen Mother more than any other figure on this show was just. So wildly inconsistent between the three different portrayals of her, and, and again, like you know, aging can explain away a lot of that. Like, like, but she went from you know, kind of a badass to begin with, to really just kind of like uh, naive and grating and sort of a, a bit of a doofus to. Just kind of now, this like renegade who just kind of says whatever she wants in a you know somewhat demented fashion, but yeah. Like, I when I think about most like you know people, you know, in the crown or you know, members of the royal family that have been portrayed in various uh, you know, film and television, there's always like, like one actor that might brain generally tends to gravitate to but with queen mother like i can never really decide like what the definitive portrayal of her was and, and like i actually think it might have been like olivia coleman in that hyde park on hudson movie because like she she had a lot of agency uh, in in that storyline but uh yeah and i guess you know helena bonham carter and the king's speech but yeah like i I have now seen this woman portrayed by you know five or six different actresses, and I still have no idea who the hell she is.
2: Oh, I feel like it's Helena Bottom Carter for me. Like that felt like the definitive one. I did. I don't know who the actress's name is who did the first couple seasons of The Crown, but like I feel like I like. She was great. Too. Yeah, yeah,
0: I liked that portrayal too. I feel like yeah, something went a little bit off the rails with Queen Mother, in the, especially this last general or this last kind of generation of the Queen Mother, but even in the generation before where. I feel like in the first two seasons of The Crown, like the Queen Mother was legitimately a person that Queen Elizabeth would go to for advice on things Mm -hmm. and for her input. And I can never, there's part of me that's like really worried if Elizabeth was going to this version of the Queen Mother for (laughs) any sort of advice. But it's just hard for me to believe that this is a woman who would even provide any good advice, which was different than I think how she was portrayed in early crown and you know in the helena bottom carter depiction as well like
2: yeah.
0: I, I i feel like there's a disconnect there a little bit
2: yeah they really didn't give her a chance to shine in any way to suggest <laughs> yeah. that she still has something going
1: and the dynamic between her and you know her daughter is an interesting one because uh you know queen mother would have been you know kind of the the queen to birdie for you know, a decade and a half of his rule. So it didn't take all that long into, you know, Queen Elizabeth's reign for her to experience to like very quickly eclipse what her mother could bring to the table in terms of insight. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um So RIP to her and her death really kind of elicits, I think, just even more grief in the queen who has now lost her sister, has lost Porchy, and has now lost Queen Mother over the span of the past two episodes. I guess they do say that um, death comes in threes. I do feel like this, this impacts her throughout the rest of the episode. She becomes much more, I, I guess, um, nostalgic for a time kind of before she was queen. She watches a bunch of home videos. It's hard not to feel bad for her here, but that's kind of what happens when you're queen for 50 years. Like, <laughs> people around you are going to start to die.
2: I guess that's any old yeah. person.
0: So I- I want to say something about those
1: home videos because I think this this elicited a very strong reaction from me, so in the trailer for you know the Crown Season Six B uh, we were teased with a bit of a glimpse of what appeared to be Matt Smith and Claire Foy joyriding throughout the, the the highways of Malta, and this suggested that we were going to get some kind of like expanded scene of them, maybe some kind of flashback of sorts. Not only was that not really the case, but I don't think it was even them, was it? Like maybe Claire Foy, but definitely not Matt Smith.
0: You don't think it was Matt Smith? I don't think I was- I don't think it was Matt Smith. (laughs) I wasn't looking (laughs) closely enough. I
2: wasn't looking that closely either, but it'd be very awkward if they could get Claire Foy back and they couldn't get Matt Smith for like one (laughs) second.
1: (laughs) I, I, I had to rewind that scene once or twice to like watch it again, to see if you could kind of definitively say one way or another, whether it was them. And I think that with the quick cuts and angles they use, it is like completely plausible that neither Matt nor Claire were in that scene.
2: That'd be so disappointing.
1: Because, they, yeah, they were shot from afar. They were shot with like, you know, like sunglasses and hats obscuring them. Like, I, I don't think they brought them back for this episode. Interesting. Anyway, th- 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 <laughs> that, that, that set me on a tailspin.
0: All this is kind of happening at the same time as Queen Elizabeth's golden jubilee. So despite all of the grief that's kind of surrounding her in her life, she still has to kind of put on, if not a happy face, at least like a face of strength showing that she can still kind of do the job for her golden jubilee, which she doesn't also feel that happy about celebrating. I think she's feeling a little self-conscious about the mood of the country. Um, She's just afraid that, Either she'll open the doors to the balcony and stand up there and there will be literally nobody or she will stand up there and just be booed. I feel like there's been times throughout the crown where we get the, you know, kind of sense one way or the other that, you know, the public is losing support for the royal family or, you know, the, the royal family's had a, a pretty positive moment that's kind of swayed the public back in their favor I didn't really get too much of a sense of that here. I'm wondering, is this purely because of the inquiry that's happening with Diana, or is there more at play here going on?
2: It feels like mostly the inquiry of Diana. I mean, maybe because she's getting older, but I mean, do you really care that much?
0: Well, let's
1: talk about that inquiry for a second. Now, uh, you know, I certainly did not pay attention to any of this while it was happening two decades ago, but. Based on, you know, some of the things that Muhammad was saying, like, everything about it just seems super crackpot, right? Like, the the way he was even, like, talking about the family and the way he kept, like, using the, like, Dracula to describe them, as if that even makes sense. Like, (laughs) like, I, as soon as, like, as soon as I heard him you know, use those words and, and and use those descriptions of the royal family. It, it was one of those moments where I had to like stop and think like, okay, so this was on a, you know, public interview that was that probably aired on television. So I assume like Peter Morgan didn't write this, like this is actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what the real life Muhammad said, but then like, I I'm thinking like, but it almost like reads like something Peter Morgan would have written just like very lazily, like yeah, it, I mean, it just seemed like buffoonery.
2: I mean, it's so interesting because I do remember, like, you watch videos of people talking about Diana conspiracies. So, like, I have experienced, like, when people try to argue this. And it's so interesting watching The Crown and sort of a more or less, like, probably pretty accurate description of what happened. And the moment he's like, oh, she was pregnant. And you're like, no, she wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't you know that? Also, wouldn't the original autopsy show that? Like, it yeah. definitely, it felt like extremely crackpot. And you're like, wow, people believed this. It's so, in- like, they, I think they wanted it to be true in a way. Like-
1: but like the the fact that he's just, you know, waving his hands around like a lunatic and, and you know, kind of like making all these accusations and, and fabricating all of these details. It, it It's crazy to me because I remember, you know, earlier on in the season and thinking that like, oh, this depiction of Muhammad Al-Fayed has become, cartoonishly villainous, like oh, yeah. to, to the point where it, it felt like the worst written character on the entire series. And then they take it a step further. But like, I have to assume it's true to life if he said this in a publicly aired interview.
2: Yeah, I, I guess so. No, it's, it, it's it's obviously tragic in a way where like, he clearly isn't coping with the death of his son very well. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not good.
1: Yeah. Right. But I mean, he, he, had, he had this side of him in him well before his
0: son passed away. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Carla, as you mentioned, Mohammed ends up getting basically run out of the country. It seems like because of a mix of now public backlash, actually mostly public backlash, I, I, guess. I think is what forces him out of the country.
2: Like, was it a visa issue? Like what happened? <laughs> Well, it, it sounded
1: like he was volunteering to leave. Like oh, it was more. he of really? Like a, made it
2: sound like I thought he was saying he got kicked out. Well, okay. No, I think, was I, I think it
1: was him, kind of like grandstanding and saying yeah. like okay. I have no choice to but to get out of this okay. hellhole that has like spat on me and my family at every right. possible turn. And like my question
0: is like, where did he go? Like, was it to Egypt or to France? It sounded like back to Egypt. He made the big, you know, speech about how. Yeah. You know, the Egyptians were building the pyramids before uh, mm-hmm. British civilized society was even a, a a concept. But it could have been back to France as well. He does still own
2: There's something Edward's kind of funny old house, right? About <laughs> if he if he yeah. made this grand speech about going back to Egypt and then he went to France. <laughs> well, because yeah.
1: France just like seemed like his base of operations, right? Yeah. Like That's yeah. where the Ritz was, where he essentially lived at least at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I don't know. Like like, what is he proving by going back
0: to Egypt?
2: You know, some people like to leave with a bang.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Taking a step backwards, this um, police inquiry and their subsequent report that took up a lot of time. They really <laughs> kind of dove into every single conspiracy theory that had been thrown out there. Yeah, uh, just to disprove it. On the one hand. I don't know what Muhammad would have expected when he blames the police. He blamed MI5, MI6, and MI7 <laughs> for the death of Diana, and then basically had the British, and then the British police did an investigation that was like, well, obviously nothing happens, so I feel like it's a no-sum gain for Muhammad. And then the other takeaway that I have from this is just like, why are we going through all of this? Is it very important for the Crown that we know that they don't think that... <laughs> the crown was in any way responsible for Diana's death.
2: I, I guess it was a major event. I
0: don't
1: know. Yeah, I was I was surprised to see Muhammad again, and and I was also very disappointed because because again, like I was just ready to put all that stuff behind us, uh, and yeah, it, it felt like it was resurrecting kind of a a staler and less exciting period of the series.
0: So this actually probably has arguably the biggest impact on. At least as far as the episode portrays, uh, Prince William, who really kind of struggles with the past being kind of like dredged up like this. I think at one point they even talking about like exhuming Diana's body, which yeah. is really tough. William is just trying to like exist at school. I think there's a montage where like in public he's kind of having fun with his friends, but then in private it's, it's really hard for him to kind of get by. And I, I I empathize with that. Like that, that's really tough. I guess when like you can't just kind of move on. It's just how I can't. How long has it been now? It's been uh, what years. Year is it? The show
1: keeps zigzagging back and forth, like between the early aughts and the late nineties. So I mean, considering this has to have happened chronologically after like the last William centric episode, it's so it's now he started school what fall of two. 2001 it's now after christmas so we're looking at around yeah
0: 2002 maybe 2003 okay Mm -hmm. so
2: it's been like five years
0: which is like a long time to be kind of like dealing with this Um, i guess
2: you know grief for your mom it's it's
0: but it's not grief for your mom it's like the fact that everybody's like throwing out these different narratives about i don't know who your family is and like what their role in a potential murder is and like it's so public that then the country like can you know, latch onto this, and that's in addition to just like the public profile that William has anyways, and William even himself acknowledges an awareness of like the public wanting the monarchy to skip over Charles and like goes directly to him. like yeah. it's just like there's a lot going on, I feel like for him to kind of um digest.
2: yeah, no, it's and
0: Harry's no help. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Harry is no help. but yeah, let's let's pivot to to William at college. Kate Middleton is single. Big big news. And there will be a fashion show. William should go even if his security detail does not want him to. And this will be the big chance for William to finally to finally get with Kate Middleton after minimal <laughs> I feel like relationship building before this.
1: Yeah, if you watched like, you know, this episode back to back with the, you know, the one from 2 weeks ago that was William centric, Everything about this would feel so unearned.
2: I was it, fine with it.
0: You were just like they're young people and they're attractive and they're attracted to each other.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Are they like twenty or nineteen? Like, yeah. I I want to know how long Kate's other relationship lasts. Like, it seems like <laughs> she was so into getting with William. Like, girl, why didn't you break up with your other guy like before? <laughs> like, I want to know how much time passed.
1: Well, it was because she had this outsized reaction to his behavior in the library. Uh, And now she had like this, you know, completely just sort of like, you know, lighter than air forgiveness of that, uh, like, you know, behavior like and she she just moved past it. It seemed like he was going to have to work for it. But
0: like, yeah, no, she she lowered the gates for him.
2: Yeah, I guess you're right. I would have liked another episode of a in between.
0: Yeah. Um, the Crown doubled down on on Kate's mom. Oh really? my
2: god, it's <laughs> like her only personality trait. <laughs>
0: Kate's mom's out here, like show your legs.
2: <laughs> it's so un, <laughs> it's just so uncomfortable. Like, oh my god, it made the ro- it does make that romance very strange. Like it could have been something very like cute. I feel like it probably wasn't even that weird in real life. Like they're really.
1: I, I did love the, uh, that initial scene with uh, William's friend like telling him about the fashion show and that Kate Milton is single, and he's like, oh, I have it on good authority that it's going to be risque.
2: Oh, yeah. Love that guy.
1: Is that Fergus? Uh,
2: probably.
0: The tone of the show is racy and outrageous.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, it was risque. And then they, yeah. like, they didn't think William knew what risque yeah. meant.
0: Okay, but it seems though that at the fashion show there's like a, a I think a clo- a closet of outfits that they can kind of choose from. I think Kate goes out of her way to choose something that is see-through.
2: Yeah. No, that's definitely like for the William. Point.
1: So, what I was uh, perplexed by was the fact that she was able to just choose her outfit seemingly moments before going on stage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a very good fashion show. They they clearly didn't have like a purpose behind it.
0: Yeah. yeah, not well planned. No, is this fashion that was designed by the students?
2: I guess. think sure.
0: that's a good question. I was a little unclear about this fashion because why would just a random brand be holding a fashion? It, it was show probably student at Saint St. Andrew's College. It's got to be like stuff designed by the students there, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Did you two ever have fashion shows at your universities? Um, yes, if there
2: were. I didn't go to them. Oh.
0: I was gonna say, not at university. At in high school, there was what? Um, in high school there was a fashion wow. slash talent show. Yes.
2: Oh. Oh. We okay. didn't have that.
0: And I forget the the clothes were from some local boutique that people would uh, model in, and then there would also be people who signed up to perform a talent. So it was a multi multi functional exhibition. Wow, something okay. for no one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, and then, as mentioned earlier, William and Kate finally get together, and the timing on this, just impeccable, literally just <laughs> as his grandmother dies. It, uh, wait,
2: it, <laughs> I'm like, you know, they really don't try to make you think that this is what's really going on, because, like, there's no way.
0: <laughs> They're literally making out, and then, yeah, interrupted for Operation Taybridge. I'm going to go
1: on a limb here and say Operation Taybridge did not in real life, require William to drop whatever he was doing at that very moment?
2: Um, I don't know. They really uh, like making a big deal out of people dying. I I think it
1: probably heavily informed his itinerary for the coming days, but this wasn't going to be the sort of thing where he had to be, like, airlifted to Buckingham Palace because there was a national crisis that needed to be dealt with, right? She
2: was a queen. Technically, she was, like... Significant. Yeah. We just don't think so because the show made or not seem so.
1: But but between him finding out about his great-grandmother's passing and attending the funeral in the coming days, like, what was he needed for?
2: Attendance? I, I think that he probably was interrupted, but it wasn't while well, he was at a fashion show. It's my, that's my it, theory. It
1: wasn't, like, mid-smooch.
2: No. No, it's probably like, <laughs> hey, William, you're back from <laughs> your dorm for, like, 10 minutes. Your, your great-grandma's dead.
1: I actually really wish we could have seen that scene play out because yeah, it's like a, it's a real scene like going back to what I said about like this romance between the two of them feeling very unearned I feel like the way that she reacts and and consoles him in that moment probably would have been like a good save the cat for this relationship
2: Yeah, yeah. well go figure I'm sure I feel like this would be very easy to Google on like a timeline thing because I'm sure. This information is very public about when they got together and then when Queen Mother died. And I really want to find out that it was, like, vastly different time periods.
0: Yes. Unfortunately, that is not in the spirit of the podcast. Yes, yeah, so we can't we do, do it. We don't but look, I, we I'm going to think up it. Here. I'm going to think it. Um, okay, so we got to the funeral. This is the first time in the episode, I think, that we see Prince Harry. And I just want to say, I'm disappointed in the way that Prince Harry is being portrayed on the Crown. I feel like we get all of these kind of like, you know, mentions about how Harry is getting into brawls at pubs and how he's kind of struggling to adjust to everything. And I feel like, I guess they did the same thing with Anne, but like Margaret got like a decent amount of screen time and like devotion to kind of like her storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like even Anne had some moments. There was the love triangle thing, or I yeah. guess love square thing um, mm-hmm. that she had with her brother and and uh, with Camilla and, and Andrew, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like Harry gets shafted here.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we didn't see one brawl or one marijuana use.
1: I I think the reason back in season three that Anne got as much attention as she did is because what was happening to her was intersecting with Charles. And and that was considered like, you know, like the, the, the heir and the first child is always the one that they kind of shine the spotlight on. But, and with Margaret, like, you know, the family was just a little less crowded back in season one and two. So, yeah, but I, I agree with you, Sam. Like, they're not really being kind to Harry here down to the very casting.
0: <laughs> I don't think we, we feel, I feel like we've talked about the casting before. We don't need to to harp on the casting again. I think it gets worse every week. It, it, <laughs> really? Like, in terms of just, like, You think the portrayal is bad or just like the decision was just the wrong... The the writing, the
1: portrayal, just the the general kind of like visual demeanor of this version of Harry, like it it all just feels so distracting. Uh, And and I think like when he first popped up on screen, like when they were in, uh, what was it like Canada a couple weeks back, it was like, okay, he's providing some levity here while, you know, William's going through a tough time, but... Then he just kind of continued to lean into that kind of, like, dry, assholeish personality, and that continues to persist. I, I cannot imagine that Harry is like this in real life.
2: Well, I mean, he was also, how old is he, like, 17?
0: Well, maybe that's what happens when you age, like, 10 years overnight. You get a little ornery. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Actually, how old is he supposed to be right now?
0: Uh, well, if William is,
1: you know, still, this is still his first year of college, so he's probably 18, 19, and Harry's about two years younger, so... Yeah, about
2: 17, 18. Okay, so I mean, like yeah. a 17-year-old asshole. I don't think that really says much about what Harry would be in the future.
0: So William and Harry both fight and make up at the funeral. Uh, <laughs> like, they-
2: while there's a hymn going <laughs> while- on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so they have an argument about... I think Harry compares what he's going through to what Diana went through as far as his press coverage. And William is like, don't you dare compare yourself to mummy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like, I mean, he's kind of right,
0: but... <laughs> he's like... not wrong, yeah. And then Harry comes back with the strong barb, you are not likable.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Which is inherently untrue, right? Like, William is extremely popular.
2: Yeah, but I, the funny thing is, I wonder if anyone... They have heard him speak before at the little press conferences. I'm like, do they even know his personality, or they just yeah. think he's cute?
0: And, yeah, at Carlin, as you mentioned, during the hymn, they decide to apologize. Was this televised, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Like, like where somebody like, zoomed in on them during the <laughs> during I, the funeral
2: the, the the fact that more people weren't like shushing them like <laughs> those are shushing people
1: like if this was going on in the spring of you know 2002 and there were cameras that saw like william and harry having a conversation but we don't really know in real life what it was like i mean yeah spring 2002 they, they were getting excited about the upcoming sam raimi spider-man film like they, they were probably talking about nothing <laughs> oh my
0: god that's really like harry's big moment i think of the episode here pretty much just this fight we see him a couple more times on the balcony getting the results of the inquiry but again not a lot from harry here
2: there's such a weird juxtaposition between like queen elizabeth's genuine pain of like losing her mom and then just like william and harry antics yeah like and then the william and kate antics too like it felt like The William and Kate stuff should have been, like, a teaser, and then you just go into, like, the Queen Mother stuff. Like, the fact they were going back and forth felt so weird.
0: Back to to William for a second. So we have another scene between just William and uh, Queen Elizabeth. In this scene, William basically is like, I'm not enjoying being so much at the forefront of all this publicity. And Queen Elizabeth ultimately ends up giving William a pass uh, to attending her Golden Jubilee And William takes this to heart so much that he fully is like, okay, I'm going to go to my girlfriend's house while everybody else in his family comes out (laughs) to the balcony. Like, in what world is William actually ever at Kate's house for this event and then, like, feels the need to drive back... Through a crowd of people to his house to, to make it just in time to get onto the balcony. And even just
1: from like a security and logistics standpoint, <laughs> like he cannot just show up to Buckingham and just <laughs> completely alter the plan of these things. Like the these things are basically like, you know, kind of coordinated down to a T. And the idea of him, like, you know, being positioned to be at that balcony just in time for Elizabeth herself to be surprised to see him there.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely didn't feel realistic. I, I did think it was very sweet while watching it. but
0: <laughs> It felt like a rom-com. Yeah, I mean, it,
2: it, platonic relationships are important too.
0: Was, yeah, like a platonic rom-com where he's like, this is not where I need to be. I need to run as, as fast as I can to where I should be.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe my
1: memory (laughs) of this this scene is already a little bit hazy, but what was Elizabeth's kind of justification for sort of like letting William kind of shirk a bunch of these duties? Like she wanted him to, you know, have a normal life in in a way that she and Charles couldn't. Mm -hmm. But like, was it just because of what he went through with his mom passing away? Like, why did she decide that like now was the time to let you know the future king of England? skip some of the duties that he is obligated to attend.
2: I think she just has more of a sensitivity to, like, I kind of fucked up with Charles. I'm going to do it right with William. Like, try to try to help the guy out.
0: Yeah, and I think there's also a sense of, like, William is definitely just, like, a pawn here. Because I think the idea to have William featured so prominently on the balcony came from her advisors who are like, we It was need... Tony
2: Blair. Like, he's the one who... Uh,
0: yeah, from Tony Blair, who was like, well, let's... Uh... What does he say? A super sub... You need a super sub on the balcony with you to make you and the establishment seem more current and modern. Yeah, I think ultimately, like, Queen Elizabeth just feels a little bit bad for William and is like, you know, you don't need to attend, which is... I feel like a little bit different than the past Queen Elizabeth attitude. Like, past Queen Elizabeth attitude would have been like, I feel bad for you, but this is how it's been done for centuries and centuries.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely, (laughs) I think it also might have had to do with Kate. Like, it was like, because they kept harping back, like, going back to this idea of Elizabeth thinking about her and Philip. Doesn't she even give him a picture of her and Philip? Like, (laughs) Like, she seems really set on this idea that, like, William isn't getting... The, like, foundation that she had.
1: But, like, I feel like he's almost, like, being cut a little too much slack. because he I mean, like, probably you is. Know, talk, well, talking about Kate now, it's like, okay, so they move into a house together at the end of this episode, which I assume happens shortly after the Jubilee. Uh, wait, what? Like, the idea <laughs> that, like, the future king of England is is allowed to live with a romantic partner that he is not married to. Like, I I mean, I assume there's probably still like a sort of kind of like naive don't ask, don't tell about premarital sex with these people, right?
2: Yeah, I guess in his defense, she does have her own room.
1: Yeah. But this is like full on living in sin. Like, how how does he get away with this?
2: Well, didn't Margaret live in sin? I guess she's also not the heir. Um, I mean, look at Charles. I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's college.
2: They they just got real (laughs) lax about it. It's fine.
1: But- Okay, like let's set aside the fact that William is the future <laughs> king of England. He's also like moving in with a girl that he has been dating for weeks now.
2: Well, well I think th- we don't really know how long it's been. It's but- okay
0: because Kate's from Berkshire, and that's where the horses are kept.
2: Yeah, it's it's fine. If they were <laughs> okay. doing like an arranged marriage, I feel like Diana and Charles <laughs> didn't date for that long before they were like, Oh, you're getting married. So maybe it actually has been a proper amount of time for these royals.
1: I, I mean, the gap is not huge here because this is taking place in 2002, and all of the— Like, you know, Charles, Diana sort of arranged marriage stuff was happening er, like 20 years prior. So, yeah, that's like that's like nothing in this in the span of the monarchy.
2: Yeah. So actually, I don't know. And now I want to know how long it actually um, Diana and Charles dated because I don't remember. I feel like it was very short.
1: Did they even really date so much as just like she came (laughs) over and did the Valmoral test and then Tobias Mendes says you have to marry this girl?
2: Yeah, they they go fast. But. I wonder how long, because they didn't William and Kate didn't get married till like the 2010s, right?
1: Uh, yeah, it would yeah. have been like right around 2010, 2011, I think.
2: They got to live in sin for a long time.
1: <laughs> it's a new century.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, last episode or last aspect of this episode that we haven't really covered is Tony Blair, who I think has a brief scene here in the episode, and also gets some shade thrown by William at the end of the episode. We see some kind of developments on the Iraq war, definitely more Iraq war stuff than I thought would be covered in the crown
2: (laughs) when we started this journey.
0: But uh, yeah, it's his idea to have William kind of come in as the super sub, someone with star quality. Um, And at the end, William makes this comment that Queen Elizabeth doesn't comment on her prime ministers, but... The indication for them is how long the meetings last, and the meetings with Blair are always very, very short. So that's how he knows that Tony Blair is not Queen Elizabeth's favorite. But I feel... Like, Tony Blair is also not Peter Morgan's favorite. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I was
0: about to say the same thing. Like,
1: (laughs) I I mean, like, so I I feel like, uh, what what was it? Like, episode six of the season where we finally get, like, the big sort of, like, you know, Tony Blair-centric episode. It was like, okay, this feels a little overdue, but we're getting it now. Like, Tony Blair is front and center. It's like, no, he's not. Like, he compared to, you know, especially compared to, you know, Margaret Thatcher, but even, like, Harold Wilson just got, like, tons more spotlight than tony blair did and it seems so strange that for such a uh, you know a character that peter morgan has actually spent a lot of time with in other works that he's done like you know the queen and such it's weird that he i guess didn't have anything left to say about tony blair that he didn't already cover in some of his earlier films
2: how who is peter morgan like how old is this man
1: who is peter oh,
0: morgan so- great question i
2: i keep imagining him as like some guy in his 40s but now i'm like is he not is he like an no he's older than that (laughs) okay i saw i'm totally wrong so he's like a is he a tory
1: how confident are you sam because i i don't know that i've ever seen a photo of the man i just feel like he did if he did the queen peter morgan is 60 years old okay
2: that's still younger than i would think would be like this anti-Tony Blair and, like, pro-Margaret Thatcher. I mean, I guess you would be, like, in your 20s in the 80s, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm also looking here, and it's like, Peter, I mean, Peter Morgan did three films about Tony Blair, so I, I'm going to assume he's a fan.
2: I get yeah, I guess.
1: He also did Frost Nixon. Like, I, I don't think this guy's a Tory.
2: Okay, then. <laughs> he just, he's done with Tony Blair. He's like, sorry.
1: Maybe Maybe next week's finale will be totally Tony-centric. Who knows?
2: there's no queen maybe I mean devil's
0: advocate I feel like the crown has probably a larger reach than any of his previous movies if he's really a big fan of Tony Blair isn't this his opportunity to be like here's my favorite prime minister Tony Blair exactly
1: yeah instead I found out so much about Harold Wilson
2: I feel like it's either Harold Wilson or um. yeah uh, oh my god Winston Churchill, Churchill.
0: <laughs> yeah oh. But yeah, I I don't know. we learned that um Kate's parents' favorites are I think uh Thatcher yeah Thatcher
2: <laughs> so like they're very like clearly Tories yeah uh, to,
1: to, That's to the so point interesting. where to the point where they didn't care for John Major like yeah who, yeah, who, was, like, who was part of Thatcher's party.
2: that kind of gives you a really interesting insight into the royal family's politics like they can't talk about, but I feel like. <laughs> You don't just marry into a really, like, thatchery household unless there's some Thatcher support.
0: Also, while William is at Kate's parents' house, he says that um, the key to connecting with Queen Elizabeth goes this order. Dogs, horses, men, then women. Women last. (laughs) It's
2: such a, like... You just know so clearly who this person is by that. That was really great.
0: And uh, if you stick to the first two, you'll be fine. I mean, I think that's... Pretty much it for The Crown, or for at least this episode of The Crown. I don't know, anything else that we missed here in uh, The Crown episode 609?
2: I, I mean, I guess my last thing, it's, co- I, it's so funny where you hear that sentiment of like, they should skip over Charles. And then have William be so not into it, you're like, oh, yeah, that probably would be like a problem for William.
1: <laughs> well, and also like, you know, William at that point would be condemned to like a 50 plus year reign, which like, I don't wish that on the
0: guy. Yeah. I mean, you get you do get the sense, I mean, at least the way it's portrayed in The Crown, you do get the sense that he kind of wants to live, at least at this point, more of like a quote unquote normal life. He really wants to kind of be in college and have a girlfriend. Sleep with his roommate. It- <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And being king would kind of, you know, derail all of that.
2: Yeah, you can't be in college yeah, and uh, can- <laughs> be king.
0: You can't. I guess the, the last note that I had was at her Jubilee, Queen Elizabeth again says something about, you know, a life lived in service is not a sacrifice, but an honor. I don't know. Just feels like a classic, just a classic Queen Elizabeth line. I feel like I've yeah. heard this line before.
2: She she She's sticking to her guns. It's Greatest a coping tits.
0: mechanism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so... King, key, crown. Yep. Actually, wait, I have one more comment. Okay. Oh. Queen Elizabeth gives... Prince William a gift And the gift is a picture of her
2: <laughs> You know It's it's kind of cute But it's also really funny
0: And it's like a young picture of her Like a, pic, a version of her That William has never met And does not know
2: I, I like, like a good vintage photo You just have to know what William's interested in Is that you know is he a vintage boy
1: Back in my day it was Rita Hayworth
2: no! <laughs> no No at least philip's not the one giving the photo.
0: And with sending pictures to somebody, let's get into the kinky crown. Jesus.
2: I mean, I kind of went for the obvious one here. I didn't see that much, but I feel like Sam probably has more. Just the the tone of the show is risqué.
0: The tone of the show is risqué. Yeah. Does that in what does that incorporate? Does that incorporate the entire show?
2: Um, what do you think, I, Ivan? Can we parse it up?
0: Part like as in get more specific or
2: uh, we're going to take several lines from the same scene. <laughs>
1: Oh, all right. Uh, so wait, but what? What is your nomination?
2: The, the word risque. The the Just tone the of the word show risque. is the tone of the show is risque.
1: That's where we are right the now. Tone the tone of word the show risque. is risque.
0: Well, if you're going to go with that, I mean, I have to go with Kate picking the see-through dress.
2: Okay, that's fair. What?
1: <laughs> I feel like these used to be
0: way more subtle. Uh,
2: Oh, sometimes we have to try really hard. Sometimes we don't.
0: Okay, well, the rest of the episode was like Queen Mother dying. Yeah, it was...
2: like, there's not <laughs> yeah. that much to go. I mean, like, we're not going to get to that photo. Like
0: The photo is weird. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the, the, I, th- I
0: think it's weird for a grandmother to send her photo? grandson a, young, a photo of her young self.
1: Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess I'm going to give it to Sam here. Uh, <laughs> and this is just me being a little primal here and say that, like, yeah, th- that outfit did work. Uh, not yeah. just on William. So,
0: oh. uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they did the same thing that they did two episodes ago where, like, she comes out and everybody at the same time, like, looks in unison.
2: It's so, it goes to show you what England, like, she's a very pretty girl, but it goes to show you what they're into in England, Where it's, like, girl <laughs> with brown hair and brown eyes with yeah. generically pretty features. They're, like, that's the best thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life.
1: And and this particular, like, actress that plays her is, like, you know, like a not quite the spitting image of the real life Kate Middleton, but definitely one of like the the closest, like sort of true to life, like visual depictions of anybody on the show.
2: It's just so interesting because she has a very girl next door look, which again is like it's a it's a type of like very pretty girl, but it's just <laughs> You don't expect like this level of like, oh, my God.
1: And, and, and she is like, you know, she, obviously this actress is very stunning, but I, I did make one unkind comment about her while watching uh, with my wife and, and said, oh, look, we're getting the budget version of Daisy Edgar Jones. Oh, oh I, Whoa.
2: <laughs> for a second, I was like Are you talking about the Amazon show. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's true.
0: My backup would have been Kate's mom. <laughs> tell her daughter to show more leg.
1: That oh that's actually a pretty good one. I, yeah, I, th- I think I think you should have put your best foot forward.
2: Yeah,
0: well, I don't know. I felt like Carlin.
2: I didn't. I, I, Carlin Sam,
0: Sam you, you, I went way. Way. I, you went your uh, way.
1: You uh, went
2: your way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Take
0: that's yes fair. for an answer. Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, this episode is brought to us by the London Police Fashion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the ganja, uh, the <laughs> British town of Berkshire, and getting cock blocked by your grandmother dying. So that's always fun. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> great-grandmother. It wasn't grandmother. <laughs>
0: Sorry, great-grandmother. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to take us to a conclusion here on The Crown 609 Hope Street. Next time, we'll be getting into The Crown season finale, but also series finale, Sleep, Deary, Sleep. Yeah, I can't believe we're here. Uh, <laughs> we finally are, are going to be talking about the, the series finale next week. So that's that's crazy. But until then, Ivan. If people want to catch up with you and talk with you about the crown, how to strut their stuff on the runway, where can they do that?
1: Well, not in the United Kingdom because I no longer feel welcome there.
0: (laughs) Uh, Carlin, what about you?
2: Instagram at Carlin underscore ge, and I think it's the same on Threads and TikTok. But like, I don't really use those that much. I was gonna say, are you on TikTok now? I don't. I mean, like, not really. Wait, are you on Threads? Yeah, (laughs) again, not really, but there's some content. You could look at.
0: Are you making TikToks?
2: I don't want to, but I feel like I have
0: to. That's oh. not a no. That's not a no.
2: <laughs> like once a year, I make a TikTok.
0: Once per year?
2: I don't think the algorithm likes me. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, it's because you're not making enough TikToks. I
2: don't want to make them.
0: You need to make more TikToks to get into the algorithm.
2: I don't even know, like, what to make. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Uh,
0: all right. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. But the best place to reach us if you have any thoughts or comments uh, about the crown uh, is a, uh, at crown Pod on Twitter. And that's all we got for you today. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time for our recap of the series finale. And God save the queen. God,
2: God save, save the queen. God save the queen.